by Passion Church, the DeSoto County campus, the fun church in Horn Lake, Mississippi. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church. feel the presence of God. And that's what we pray that when you're driving in that parking lot, you know you're coming to the house of God and that you can smell his sweet aroma in this place because that's what we need. And the presence of God is fullness of joy. Well, started, I'll start out telling a story this morning. Uh, when I was 18, I remember duck hunting uh, on little sleepy bows that wind through the Mississippi Delta. Uh-oh. Thank you. What do you say, Chad? Y- yes, dear. Yeah. It's the Holy Spirit you know, in in her. You know. Anyway, I, we were duck hunting on one cold morning. It was so cold. You know how it gets daylight sometimes, and it's so crisp and cold that morning that you can still see the stars twinkling in the sky in the daylight. I mean, it was crisp and it was cold, and and we had me and my little brother. He was six years younger than me, and and we had our 12 gauges, and we were walking down the, the bow, and, and we'd jump duck, wood ducks. Some of them fly out in front of us, some of them fly back that way, and we'd try to shoot them, you know. We walked for a couple miles, and then we was on the way back, and i tell you what, my legs were about to threaten a work stoppage. I was so tired, breathing in that cold air, my chest was heavy, and uh, we were getting back to, to where the truck was, and I looked across the bow, and we had parked on the other side. And I said, there's the truck. And I said, why don't we just... We got these hip waders on. Why don't we just cross here? Heath looked. He said, no. He said, the bridge is just about 100 yards that way. I'm going that way. I said, well, I wasn't going to have that, you know, my little brother telling me what to do, saying my plan wasn't good. I said, well, you do what you want. So I pulled my waders up and cinched them up on my belt, you know. And I said, and I thought he would follow me. And I walked down that crunchy bank on them icicles, you know, and, and broke the ice at the edge of the water so I could step in. And my first step in should have gave me a clue. Because I realized suddenly why my dad had gave me these old hip waders. Because I felt a trickle of cold water slide down my foot, down near my toesicles. And I tell you what, I started to change my mind, but something told me, I'm not going to let Heath be right. And so I stepped on in, and the bottom was a little muddy and stuff, and, and I said, man, this is, I don't know if this is right, and I was trying to contemplate, and I was getting further out there, and I, and I got about halfway, and the, the water was coming up within three inches of the top of my boot, and I said, this ain't working. I'm, I'm going to have to turn back, and just about as I was about to turn back, I heard my brother banging around up in the back of the truck across the bow there. <laughs> he done made it. So that steeled my resolve. I was going across no matter what at that point. I, I'm not going to let him show me up. Uh, you know, if I said I can go across, I can go across. So I started, and I was easing across there, and somewhere along the line, it went over my boots. <laughs> it went, I mean, it just <laughs> down in my boots. I'm talking about my teeth were clattering more than a, a 
Little League Baseball team. I, 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 you know how they do? They do the chattering. <laughs> My breathing sounded like some Latin Lamaze class or something. I was going... And it felt like I was wearing concrete pants because all the weight of that was now in my waders. And that's dangerous when you're out in the middle of a cold bio freezing. And so I, I could either go back or I could go forward. I figured it was just as soon to get to the other side. So I took another step, and that's when whoosh, I stepped in a sinkhole and went completely under. I had this presence of mind to stick my gun up, not get it wet. But my brother said, when he looked across the side, he said it looked like a periscope sticking up because that was the only thing above water. <laughs> How many of you think I survived that trip on the bow that day? <laughs> if I wasn't here to tell it, how many would think I survived? I'll tell you how I survived it a little bit later, but we're going to get into our message. Wow, 2017 is gone. I, it seems like yesterday it just started, you know. But I tell you, this time of year with all the holidays, you know, Thanksgiving and, and Christmas and, and then the New Year's all and all these birthdays and everything. It was my son's birthday yesterday. And uh, didn't mean to embarrass him, but I might as well get everybody before I'm through. But, but I feel scattered. You see, my thoughts are a little scattered this morning. You know, do you feel that way? You got every, it seems like all year long you're building towards stuff and you got your goals and you you're got in your routine, but at the end of the year with all these holidays and you're not going to school and you, the kids are not in school and all these things, I feel scattered is the only way I can describe it. My brain feels like I'm longing for some structure again. And so you begin, that's why I think they came up with the New Year's resolutions idea because I'm going to change something. I can't continue to live scattered. I think Angie would agree. She hates December. <laughs> and if you saw her schedule this year, you'd understand why. But let's watch this video. I think it'll get us in the right frame of mind before we go into the message this morning. This year, I mean it. I mean it, mean it. I could not possibly mean it anymore. I got this. Candy bars, gone. Funyuns, Gone. Ice cream, candy bars and Funyuns are gone. This year, I'm gonna connect with people, IRL. In real life. Made a list. That means I mean it. I'm gonna take care of myself. Right after I figure out who that is. Other than a mom, which I love. I beat myself up. I'm never good enough. That has to change. Why do I do that? I'm such an idiot. See? This year I'm gonna work on being the cool dad, you know? Maybe go to the skate park, hang out with my kids. No biggie. <laughs> this works, right? I gotta learn to forgive myself. You know, give myself a break. Not be perfect. I've got it. I'm gonna step outside of my comfort zone by volunteering at the hospital. Maybe the pet shelter. Cause cats, they're so much easier. This year, I'm gonna forgive my mom. Now that I am a mom, I, I totally get it. This year I'm gonna start reading literature. You know, books and such. Cause I hear it's good for me. This year I'm shaving my back hair. 
I am tired of those kids of the neighborhood pool calling me Sasquatch. It's just that I am comfortable staying in my comfort zone. Who am I kidding? God, I wear myself out trying to outdo everyone. I, I can one-up everything, and it's exhausting. I have a lot of baggage, and it is not all from the mall. Well, some of it is. I'm trying, God, I am. But there's a reason why I'd rather stay at home. I'm weak, God. I know it. You know it. And you know what, God? This year, I'm giving you all the places that hurt. I'm gonna give you all of my failed attempts that I think are gonna make me a better man. You are a strong fortress, God. You. And I'm gonna let you be strong in my weakness. All right, God. I'm gonna start with the best relationship. You and me. And then, We'll move outward from there. Because this year, I mean it. I mean it. I mean it. I mean it. All right. Do you mean it? How do we begin 2018 like we mean it? That's what we're going to discuss today. Unless, of course, you're just happy circling around that same old 2017 mountain. We don't want to go back there. Well, Isaiah 43, verse 18. We're going to see how God views things. What does God want from us? Wouldn't that be something to ask? There's a thought. <laughs> Do we want that? Well, we're at church on an 18-degree morning. I figured it. You probably do want that. Anyway, before verse 18, he's telling us about all the things and reminding us of all the things he did in Egypt, how he brought them through on dry ground, through the Red Sea and all those things. But he says in verse 18, but forget about all that. <laughs> oh, but forget about all That's nothing compared to what I'm going to do. Now, only God could say something like that. I'd still be reveling in the glory of that. Y'all remember back when I did that? <laughs> but he's like, forget about all that. It's nothing compared to what I'm going to do because I'm going to do something new. I've already begun. Do you see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness and I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. In other words, miracles are not hard to me. I can do whatever I want to do. And I choose to continually make things New. In fact, in Revelation 21.5, he said, He that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. That's his M.O. That's what he does. The universe is still expanding. Did you know that? As far as we can tell with the naked eye, <laughs> you know, we can't see that, but, but the, all these Hubble telescopes and all these things, the scientists believe that the universe is still getting larger. Why is that? I would say it's getting larger at the speed of light. Because God said, let there be light. He never took it back. And it's creating new. What God does is he always makes things new. He doesn't let us settle. 
We wish he would sometimes, but he doesn't. In Exodus 25, 30, in the message translation, he tells them to always keep fresh bread of the presence on the table before me. He don't want some dry, crunchy, old, moldy, green bread in his house. He doesn't want that in this house. He wants fresh bread. He told him to cook it new every week. So it would, all, it would have that, that aroma of fresh bread. That's why when we come here, we can feel the presence of God. Because there's fresh bread in this house. We don't want to get stale. We don't want to get left behind. I don't, do you? I mean, I'm glad I'm not stuck in the Old Testament. But he gave us a New Testament. Whoo, yeah, the Old Testament was good for them back then. They didn't have a testament. They didn't have a hope at all. They didn't know what to do. The Old Testament gave them some coverage for their sins. But the New Testament came in and took our sins and cast them as far as the east is from the west. Made all things new possible to us. That we can go from level to level, from glory to glory. The New Testament is, is a sanctification process beginning in our lives. It makes us new. Constantly improving us. Jesus takes us higher. Pulls us deeper than I've ever been before like we sang. Are you ready to go deeper? Because Jesus is all about moving forward. Today's message is entitled, Moving Forward. In fact, we're going to start a series. I think it's a good time to start a series. We're going to call the series Moving Forward. And the first part one is Moving Forward. I thought of that all by myself. Actually, I can't even take credit for that. God gave it to me. But we got to be moving forward. But somebody says, whoa, wait a minute. I'm cool where I'm at, Pastor. I worked hard to get here. <laughs> I worked hard to get this far, you know. I paid the bills around here. I, I bought this lazy boy, you know. I pay for the Netflix, and I'm going to watch it. <laughs> I am happy with where I'm at right now. I go to church. What do, more do you want from me? I've got my sin thing kind of under control. Nobody knows what I'm doing, you know. They don't know. I'm good. A lot of people say that, don't they? They think, oh, I go to church. I got my sin thing under control. I'm not, everybody doesn't know all my business. I'm good. Sort of like the rich young ruler, I remember, that came to Jesus. He said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said, well, you know, keep this commandment, keep this commandment. Oh, I got all that, Jesus. <laughs> I did all that. I'm good. Isn't that what he said? Now, I don't know if I believe him. I ain't never known anybody that could keep the commandments. The commandments were to show us that we couldn't keep the commandments, then we needed Jesus. But uh, he said he did. Let's just take him in his word. Jesus said, hmm. Then he calls him deeper he said okay you got the commandments thing down now sell all you have and give to the poor and come follow me take up your cross because I'm going to make you a disciple I'm going to pull you deeper than do you know the word Christian is just used three times in the Bible and most of us think that's the that's the pinnacle we become a Christian we want to be a Christian I want people to know that I'm a Christian now, well that's good but the word disciple is used 256 times in the King James Bible. And that's pulling deeper than just looking good at church. That, that signifies somebody who is a disciplined 
follower of Jesus. Somebody who has been being molded into his image. Somebody that doesn't quit on the sanctification process. Doesn't get to a point and say, this is all for me. So what do we do? We follow Jesus. Then you have people that, you know, they want to go further, but they just feel weighted down by their own sinfulness. They think, I don't have anything. I don't, there's nothing I can do. I'm, I'm, I've made too many mistakes. I can't go. God can't use me. And, and they begin to beat themselves up, sort of like Peter did that day when Jesus used his boat and preached from it. And then he told Peter to go out and let down his nets for a catch. And he came back with all these fish. And something dawned on Peter. Peter had been fishing all night. Now this man has preached an awesome message. And then it, now he told me to, this guy ain't right. He's thinking, this, this guy's holy. This is a holy man. And Peter's just an old fisherman. And he's looking at his own. He says, go away from me, Lord. I'm, I'm a sinful man. And he thinks God can't use him. He thinks God's too good. Or that God would call him higher than he can go. But that's not the case. God doesn't push us away. He doesn't push us away because of our fallen state. In fact, that's why he came. So he could reach down and pull us up out of our fallen state. And give hope to the hopeless. Give purpose to the purposeless. He's not really concerned about where you are. He's concerned on where you're going to let him take you. Peter had his ups and downs. You know, Jesus convinced him to come and follow him, and Peter does. And one day he's saying, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus is like, Peter, my boy, now you're hearing from the Father. You're getting it, Peter. So proud of you, or, or Simon. And then he changed his name to Peter. Peter's like, oh, I see that. Jesus, Jesus patted me on the back. <laughs> and you don't even get through the chapter and Jesus saying, get behind me, Satan. To Peter, the same guy, up and down. But guess what? God doesn't quit on us because of our inconsistency we quit on us because of our inconsistencies we quit on ourselves never once has God said you have fallen too far and I can't use you anymore never once has God said oh, you might as well just stay down if that's the way you're going to be you can't follow me there's not a person in here that can say that God told them that and be truthful Philippians 1.6 says that I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day Jesus Christ returns. You don't quit, he won't quit. He'll continue to work with you. And that's what I tell people all the time. One of the biggest tricks of the devil is when you sin, he tells you to run from God. That's the time you need to run to him most. Don't ever run from God. You're running from your victory. You're running from your chance at redemption. God loves you the way you are, but he loves you too much to go on embarrassing yourself like that. 
<laughs> He's trying to help you. You know what I'm saying? So what do we do? What are we getting at? What's today's message all about? Do we make these New Year's resolutions? We try real hard to keep it. We put away the Funyuns. I'm going to tell you a better way. And I thought Brother Chad was going to preach my message from the platform this morning. Our job is to just walk with Jesus. One day at a time. With a willingness to keep moving forward. Say moving forward. What's the title of today's message? Just keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Isn't that what Rocky says? Just keep moving forward. One day at a time with Jesus. Well, I thought I had to have a plan. He'll give you a plan. When you need it, when the time is right. You know, some of us would rather work in a dead-end job that we were never called to do, hating every moment of it for 20 years than to spend 20 minutes in silence and listen for a better plan from the Lord. I see it all the time. People stuck in a dead end and won't spend five minutes trying to hear how to get out. Listen to the Lord. He is the one that's going to get you out. He's the one that's going to get you through. And so instead of making our own plans and asking God to bless them every year, why don't we walk with Jesus from day one into day two into day three with an open ear on our knees listening for the voice of God, and let him walk us into the victory, into the promised land, hand in hand. You can't steer a parked car, though, and you can't get one very far that doesn't have a drive. Do you have a drive? Do you have the want to? Like I said, God will start with you wherever you're at. We're all at a different level. And our understanding of God, where we're at, don't, there's no big eyes and little U's in the, in the house of God. God said he loves you much as he loves Jesus. And he was talking to all of us. John 17. He will start with you where you're at. He knows what he's getting into. And he's not afraid to put his name on you. You know why? Because Jesus isn't trusting you. He's trusting his ability through you. It ain't about you. It ain't about your ability. It's about your availability. Just making yourself available. Jesus isn't trusting you. He's trusting in his own ability to work through you. You know, when we make New Year's Eve or New Year's resolutions or whatever, we often make them hard on our flesh, you know. I've got to try harder this year. I've got to get down to that gym and I've got to make myself work. I've got to throw away all my food in the pantry and I've got to sit on the couch and, and suffer. And, we, and it, it is... It's about, it, we make it about how hard we can try, about sacrifice. But Jesus says obedience is better than sacrifice. Just simple obedience. Obedience doesn't have to be that hard. 
In fact, where there's obedience, he said, you'll eat the good of the land. If you will be willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. You don't have to suffer your way through your Christianity. If you're trying and you're all in your willpower to make yourself a Christian, then you're not walking with Jesus and being a disciple. Is anybody understanding what I'm getting at today? It's a mind shift. Because most of America is just completely happy to be called a Christian. But very few are willing to be made a disciple. Our success, I wrote, is hidden in our relationship with Jesus. It's not based on our willpower. Psalms 127 says, Unless the Lord builds the house, the workers, uh, the work of the builders is wasted. They that labor, labor in vain. Unless the Lord is in it, you're not going to win it. Unless the Lord protects the city, guards it with sentries, guarding it with sentries will do no good. It's useless for you to work so hard from early morning till late at night, anxiously working for food to eat. For God gives rest to his loved ones. Is your Christianity hard? Are you laboring, working hard just to have food on the table? And you're worn out? And God says, I give rest to those who follow me. My way is easy. My burden is light. You've made it something it shouldn't be. I'm not saying that we shouldn't have good old dedication and discipline in 2018. Boy, a faithful man, who can find? Yeah, let's decide to be faithful, but let's just understand who we're being faithful with and how we're going to do it. The best laid plans of mice and men cannot fulfill the promises of God in your life. You can, you can struggle, you can fight, or you can walk. be tight if you think about it we can only live in the now right there's not anybody in this in these purple chairs here today that's three seconds ahead of me right now I don't think you're in the now with me and you can't go back to the past right we're all together in this we can't see the future we can't change our past but Jesus gives us contentment in the now. And really, that's what our hearts is longing for. If I could just be content, if I could just be happy, if I could be, have a little peace and joy in the now, if I could have some contentment. Jesus gives us contentment in the now and confidence for the future. You know why we can have confidence for the future? Because he holds the future. Did you know Jesus is outside of time, space, and dimension now that he's in heaven? He can see yesterday, today, and forever all at the same time. We know who holds the future. We don't know what holds, future holds, but we know who holds the future. So that we can have confidence in the future. And we can have a covering for our past. That makes me feel better. Because <laughs> I know where I've been. 
So he gives us contentment in the now, confidence in the future, and a covering for our past. And Hebrews 12:1 says, let us run with patience the race that is set before us with our eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. I just love that scripture. That's probably one of my favorite scriptures. It lets me know that he's the author of my life. He penned the story for Guy Sheffield, for Gary Wilson, for Michelle Edens, for Greg Mitchell. He wrote the story of our lives. He's the author and the finisher. And all we have to do is walk in the story. Be who we see ourselves in the Word of God and through the leading of His Holy Spirit and His hand as we walk with Him day by day. I mean, it's just a totally different understanding of why you're here. We get this idea that everybody's a Christian is supposed to look like this, and if I can meet this minimum standard, I'm good. And we never walk into the first phase of what God has called us to be. Is, is this making any sense? I don't know. Well, as a church, how do we proceed? Somebody says, there he goes about the church again. I'm going to guarantee you one thing. If you are following Jesus, the church is important to you because it is important to him. That is what he's doing down here. That is his avenue, his channel of getting things done on the earth. And I can guarantee you if you follow him, your destiny is wrapped up in your church, it's intertwined. Your, your service and stuff will more than likely be through your church or at least guided by your church or, or surrounded or helped by your church in some kind of way. He works through the church. So what do we do as a church on the new year? I can tell you one thing. If we refuse to move with God, we'll miss our whole purpose as a church. If we just get dry and dusty, and we just begin to go through the motions, the same thing will happen to the church that will happen to your life. Going through the motions don't get you anywhere. We'll become steeped in the traditions of men like many churches have. Their service seems more about the past than the future. We've always done it like this. They wouldn't recognize a move of God if it came through here and blew them off the purple chairs. I'm serious. And I hear Christians say, I want to move a God. And if I ask you, do you want to move a God? You'll say, amen. I want, a lot of us just want a chill bump or something. We want to see something. I want to move a God. Well, a move notates movement. Doesn't it? Movement requires motion. Motion expends energy. Oh, now we're getting to part I don't like. <laughs> yeah, it don't just happen. It don't just happen. But when we come together, every ligament, every joint, every muscle pulling its weight in one accord, in unity in the spirit, man, there's nothing can stop the church of God but we either climb the mountain or we slide back down to the valley. You know, you don't see anybody pitching a tent on the side of a mountain. It's just a hard angle to sleep at. You slide back down. Once you begin to climb the mountain, you got to keep climbing. And that's the way this life is. You got to keep climbing. 
This ain't the day of rest yet. There's a day of rest coming. It's called heaven, but this ain't heaven yet, if you hadn't noticed. This ain't it yet. Heaven is within us, but right now we're working it out. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm working it out. I'm working out this kingdom of God that is within me. This ain't heaven yet. So what do we do as a church? Has anybody noticed this what sitting over here by itself? I was wondering if anybody noticed. It's been up here for a couple of weeks. God has begun to answer questions about, about this church's future, about our destiny, if you hadn't noticed. And that's what God will do for you as a, personally. You got to ask some questions. If you need to know where you're going in 2018, you need to ask some questions. God, what am I here for? Who am I? How do I do it? Why do I even want to do it? Where am I going? Do you understand? There's only one person that can enlighten you about your true purpose in this life, your true calling and where you're supposed to go. When we just make it up as we go and try to be this cookie-cutter Christian, we miss the point. We don't... We're called to be individuals. You have your own DNA. You have your own fingerprints. You have your own eye patterns. That's why they can use a computer to unlock just by your facial recognition. There ain't nobody else like you. You're a masterpiece, and you don't come with a one-size-fits-all destiny. So God is showing us what we're doing. He's shown us the other question. How many know that we're becoming a warm, fun, loving family? When God answered that question first, I didn't even know he was, we, he was answering questions. I just We just started writing a vision, and God gave us things, and, and it turned out that we realized that he was answering all our questions. And we, he said, this is who you are. We said, huh, how do we be that? We just started saying it. We wrote the vision, made it plain, and the next thing you know, people are coming in here and saying, y'all sure are a warm, fun-loving family. Y'all always love me when I come here. Don't they? If God wouldn't have showed us that, would, would we be? I don't know. We might be something else. We'd be scattered. But God's gathering us together. That's who we are. How do we do it? Well, I can go ahead and tell you in your personal life, this is the same way you do it. You've got to be genuine to the Word of God. God's not going to ask you to do anything outside the boundaries that He has set. The ends don't necessarily justify the means. You've got to do it God's way. You've got to do it according to the Word of God. We're not ever going to stop obeying the Word of God. We never get to that point. Never want to. We're going to be passionate about what we do. That's why he gave us the name Passion Church. Because, hey, we're excited about this. If you ain't excited about it, nobody else is, believe me. And we got to be relevant. That means we speak to people in a way that they can understand. We don't, what good would it do for me to preach above everybody's head and they'll be leaving like, well, I know it sounded good. Plus, I can't do that anyways. But... Well, y'all probably thinking, could you bring it up a few notches anyway? <laughs> no. Why? 
Your why is always the most important question. If you don't have your why in order, the rest of them, you won't do them anyway. But the reason why is because we love God, and we love his people, and therefore we love his purposes. And we don't want to let 2018 go by without accomplishing what he had had for us. And, of course, the latest thing he's given us is the where we're going. That's always important when you start a journey. He says, the Passion Church will become a name synonymous with love, hope, purpose, and family, a place to find the real Jesus all over the world. We will plant churches wherever God leads by developing passionate people, true to our core values, the genuine part, who will continually, listen to this part, expand and reproduce. That notates movement. There's got to be movement. There's got to be progress. If you're going to expand, you've got to get bigger. Not necessarily on the outside, but on the inside. You've got to get bigger on the inside. You've got to grow. You've got to mature spiritually. And then when you do that, you will automatically begin to reproduce. You know, everything that God made is, is getting bigger. It's becoming new. You know, your skin peels off every certain amount of days or whatever, and you have new skin. Everything, if something is not growing, it's not healthy. Does that make sense? If you're, I got a toenail right now. I ain't growing good. Some ain't healthy about it. Too much information, Pastor. We won't get to where we're going with the status quo. And God's not happy with the status quo. <sighs> Y'all ready to close? I thought I'd close by sharing that my New Year's resolution is going to be just that, just to walk with Jesus every day, closer than I ever have before. Not just for my sake, but for our sake. And if you would walk with Jesus closer than ever before, then it would help this church. It would help all of us. If everybody would make that resolution. I want to follow up on the things that he's already showed me. I don't want to let anything slip, but I want to be there to press into what's next. What about you? Because I believe the best is yet to come. If I keep Moving forward. Say moving forward. I believe that provision is going to be there for me every step of the way. And I believe if I mess up, you know what? His mercy is going to be there every step of the way. I believe that life can be a new adventure every day. Just another chance for me to show that I'm more than an overcomer in him who loved me. The devil's just here for me to beat up on. He's just here for practice. You know, Peter, he up and down. And he hit a down moment towards the end, don't you agree? He denied that he even knew Jesus three times in Jesus' time of need. He went out, he wept bitterly, and he thought it was over for him. Man, I didn't mess this up. A couple of days later, I go a fishing. 
That's what it says in the King James. I'm going back to the thing I was before Christianity because I didn't mess this up. Before Jesus. I, surely Jesus couldn't use me now. But he was out there fishing. Before he could get too far away, Jesus calls to him from the bank. Hey, come over here. I done cooked a meal for you. Sit by me, Peter. Do you love me? Go feed my sheep. Do you love me, Peter? Go feed my lambs. Take care of them. There's still purpose for you, Peter. If you still love me, you'll be doing the things that I ask you to do. Peter, I'm not going to cast you away no matter if you want to cast yourself away. I'm not letting you go back to the old you unless you just refuse to be willing to move forward. He won't go against your will. But if you be willing to move forward, I can guarantee you, he will be with you every step of the way. He said, come follow me, Peter. Peter said, what about him? He said, I ain't talking to him right now. What does it matter to you what John does? You keep moving forward. Some of you say, well, my, my husband don't want to follow the Lord, so I ain't going to do it. I don't know where that voice came from. Jesus ain't talking to your husband. This message ain't for your neighbor. You can, you can get the CD or whatever and let, let them listen to it on the podcast, but the message is for you. You come follow me. And he would say that to all of us. So there I was. I guess you could say I was over my head, drowning in my bad decisions because of pride. I had a decision to make because I was stuck in the miry clay, and guess what? My brother helped me. All I had to hold on to was what daddy had given me. And I was trying to keep it dry. But I couldn't stay where I was at. I couldn't stay. I don't care if I was in the sinkhole and I was wearing concrete pants. I tell you what, it was cold. And I thought about just go ahead, breathing in and get it over with. And become a bottom dweller. Permanently. But something in me wanted to get my hands around Heath's neck so bad. Because <laughs> I forgot to tell you, he was over there like, you know, I wasn't about to drown. He was over there, ah, ha, ha, ha. So I just got that one step at a time. I started pulling those concrete pants across. And I took about six steps and finally, <sighs> I was able to get my first taste of air. And I just kept going until I landed on that bank on the other side, and I just plopped my wet self down face first in the mud, but I didn't care. I had made it across. And I don't care what you got to do, you cannot stay where you're at. We got to make it across. Keep moving forward. Say, keep moving forward. 
Do you mean it this year? Is this going to be your year? Are you going across? Are you going to get to the mountaintop? Well, just keep moving forward one step at a time. There ain't no trick to it. He'll show you all the tricks along the way. The trick is just walking with Jesus. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it and that it inspires you to live out God's Word. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church. Hey,